What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Yanks of the Cop. I'm your host, Stephen Scanlon. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Andrew Scanlon, and our good friend, LFC Wahomey on Twitter. Boys, how are we doing tonight? The week is finally here. We're doing well, man. We're doing well. Um, it's actually my birthday today. Our birthday. Uh, an outstanding 33. Thank you very much. Um, I was hoping to see uh, a certain Tiago Alcantara Alcantara <laughs> in red for my birthday, but I'm not sure I'm going to see that today. Hopefully in the next coming days, though. I hope in the next coming days. That would be great. And, of course, yes, happy birthday to my older brother, the big 3-3, Larry Bird. Um, but also have our good friend Wahomey on, as always. Wahomey, how are you doing out in, uh, out in Europe, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, like just just itching for this domino effect to start happening, you know. Oh, I feel like this week and this episode we have so much to talk about between the Leeds game finally kicking off this weekend, the domino effect that you just mentioned that's happening with some potential transfers, and then also just recapping a lot of the preseason games. And you know, that's really where I want to start. There, you know, last time we spoke, we were just coming off the the Studart. Uh, friendly and since then we've now played the community shield against arsenal uh you know losing in penalties again uh and then as well as the game against blackpool where you know really bad first half uh pretty incredible second half there so um i really just want to kind of start with those preseason games so what were your what were your biggest takeaways you know from from these games that we played who stuck out to you who maybe needs a little bit of work and you know what were some of the themes that you guys took away uh well homie i'll let you start let us start us off this time um, I think for me, what I took away from that, um, I think I think Naby looks amazing. Like he looks like he's bulked up muscle, he looks stronger. Um, I thought against Blackpool, he kind of ran the show in the second half, and he yep, was really yep. impressive. Um, so I think like I know I said this before last summer. I think around the same time, um, but I feel like this is season Naby's going to take the league by storm. And he's going to show, especially I feel like. If we continue with this kind of like four two two one or four two three one formation, it's very much similar to how Naby played at Leipzig. Yes. And he was amazing in a two. So I feel like if we if we stick with that, then I think he's gonna be really I think he'll do well in a three as well, but I think he's gonna really shine this season. Um I've been impressed by Minamino. I think he's ready. Um I think like he's gonna play a big part this year. I'm back in D at ten goals. Um, because I love the link up play, and I think the change of formation actually suits him as well, brings out the best in him rather than him playing on the wings, which just kills him. Um, yeah. so I'm impressed by him. I think Jones looks really good. Um, I yes. think he's ready to. I'm glad you know, I was doubting Jones, one of the people that doubted him, so I'm glad to be proven wrong. Um, and I think he looks really impressive. I think he's could be our Foden this year in terms of coming off the bench and doing stuff that helps us. Um, And I think that Billy Kamitu, I know he made a mistake against Blackpool, but I think like, you know, he's a kid, but I think he looks very good in terms of like his passing, um, decision-making overall. Um, I think he's, I don't think he'll play much this season, but I think like he's got great potential. Um, He looks confident. He looks really confident on the ball. Yeah, that's what that's what I was impressed by. You know, I think yeah. he, le- he learned from the mistake, but I think overall he he's got huge potential to be like a star for us. Um, and then I, I think I think what probably worried me is I think I'm a bit worried about Salah, Man, uh, Salah, 
Mane, Gomez, Fabinho and Alisson. I think they've been poor through pre-season. I think they've been poor for quite a while now since we came out of lockdown. Um, so I, I'm just I'm just putting it down to maybe with Salah and Mane, it's, it's about learning this new position, this new formation again because they haven't played it for a while. But the others, like they, they need to up, up their game because they haven't been that good. You know, I, I think it's been going for a while now. Um, otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was, I'll say last one. I think I like, I think I'm one of those people that think, I think Hover should be ahead of Nico Williams. I think he's, whenever he's played, he's never disappointed. And I, I was surprised that how he went from the FA Cup game like two years ago, played really well, but all of a sudden isn't getting looking. Um and I, I think he's a bit technically better than we. I think Williams is a good player, but I don't think Hover is better than him, and he should be playing at right back. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you on that with with, with Horiver. I think Horiver's issue is because he he is so you know technically gifted and he can play so many different positions. I think Klopp wants to try to not have him be a right back, and he even came out at the beginning of the summer. Horiver did saying that he prefers playing right back and that's his mm. number one spot. So I think a lot of the, you know, him not playing is kind of Klopp trying to nudge him more to be like, you know, I'll, I'll be a center back to help the team out. Or, you know, maybe he moves up into like a, you know, defensive midfielder holding holding role. Because I, I do think that Nico is kind of the only position that Nico can really play is that right is that right yeah. back position. Whereas Horver can play more. And I, I agree with you. I, I actually I like Horver there more. I think he obviously offers you a little bit more going forwards and just his height on defense is a little bit more valuable to have. But I think that just with his positional flexibility, Klopp's trying to see where else he can play them and maybe maybe he can convince Horver to take that other spot. But Andrew, what do you think about everything Hoiver uh has brought down? I mean I'm just curious out of those two guys specifically, maybe Whoever wins the preseason, the other one might go out on loan. You know, like I could see Nico going out on loan. I could see Hoiver going out on loan. I mean, if they're both fighting for that right back position, um, or or maybe Hoiver sticks around and he can be our fourth choice center back. I, I'm not really sure what Klopp's thinking, but no, I think Mahomi hit it uh, the nail on the head. I think that Mane and especially Salah for me has been a concern since the restart. I think that he's looked very sloppy in possession. Um, I think that his decision-making has been incredibly poor. I mean, just look at that pass to um, – what was the center back's name that you were just talking about? Co- I, think it's, I think his name – I know – I think it's Komata. I can't pronounce it fully. Yeah, take, I can't pronounce it either. Well, I know we, we know who we're talking about, though. Yeah, I thought it was a very, very sloppy pass. Um, I, I think <laughs> the young – you put the young center back under immense pressure there. He probably should have just kicked it out of bounds at that point. But given his lack of experience, I think he just tried to make a play and it ended up hurting us in the end. But um, another concern for me in this preseason, again, this is just preseason. So we're just working out the kinks after, um, you know, what was a, a long summer. But we've started slow in almost every game, except for maybe the Stuttgart, Stuttgart game, I think it was. Um, so that's my only concern. The community shield, you know, we started off slow against Arsenal. We started off slow against Blackpool and then eventually we turned it on. The thing is, we're not going to be able to do that against Leeds United. Leeds United haven't been in the premier league in, I don't know, what is it? 10, 20 years now. Um, so they're back. They have a great coach. They're going to press the hell out of us. And if we're sloppy on the ball, if we're not retaining the ball and if we're not possessing the ball, we're going to get punished on the counter-attack. I can guarantee you that. I think what I will say is that we have Miss Henderson big time. He's a tennis yep. yeah. and decision-making. Yeah, so, 
that's been a big loss, not him being there. Yeah, he definitely controls the tempo, I think, too, and he's good at uh, switching the play and, and keeping possession. But so is Genie Wijnaldum, you know, all the hate that he's been getting. But um, just one last thing I'll say is my most impressive player of preseason um, has to be Takumi Minamino for me. You know, this guy has just been finding space. He's been scoring. He's been uh, he's been linking up with the front three. And I just think he's starting to look more comfortable, whether it's on the ball, whether it's on the pitch, or whether it's with his teammates. You know, I just remember how distant that he was um, during the trophy celebrations when we finally won the Premier League title. And now he seems to be involved in goal celebrations, some, some training banter that you can see on LFC TV Go. Uh, he's just not doesn't really seem like an outsider anymore. And clearly he's working on his English just like Nabby. So, I mean, I, I said it in the past, I think he just needed a proper preseason. Do I expect him to get 20 goals this season? No, but I would expect a, another slow integration into the squad by Klopp until he's fully comfortable with the league. Um, and I would love to see him maybe get 10 goals and assists or goal uh, contributions this year for sure. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you guys both throw up a lot of points. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Salah has been our worst player in preseason, not even a question. Uh, not even a question. He has been about a half a step slow. Like you say, he's making the wrong decisions, and he really hasn't had one good attempt on that. It, it's been, I don't, I don't even know, it, doesn't, it seems like ever since he got this haircut, he hasn't been the same player. Uh, he looks, <laughs> completely, looks, looks completely different out there. And, like, for, because he's Salah and he's done everything he's done the last couple of years, you know, no one's going to talk about it. Whereas, you know, you know, Wijnaldum has a bad 10 minutes and it's all over the place on Twitter. Um, but, again, you know, it's preseason. I'm not too concerned about Salah. But, I mean, I, again, Mane, same thing. I, I do think it has something to do with moving to a 4-2-3-1, uh, mostly this preseason. But – I think that's going to help guys like Firmino, guys like Kaita, guys like Minamino, because you even saw it. I, I haven't seen Firmino be this creative in like three straight games, you know, pretty much since we had Coutinho. Like we're now seeing these creative link-ups, these one-two passes that Firmino is doing off of Kaita and Minamino. And I really think that that was something that was missing. And I think it's also going to really help our midfield because now you can have – you go to a 4-2-3-1, you can have a guy like Henderson and Fabinho in a double pivot behind, and it still allows you, if they get the ball, you know, they can still play a sideways pass to Robertson or, or Trent. But then now this way they have that guaranteed one, one extra guy forward. It's going to allow Firmino to come back even further, a guy like Minamino to come back further, a Kaita, and open up those you know, channels for Salah and Mane to run behind. So – I think the four two three one. I hope Klopp sticks with it because a guy like Minamino is going to really thrive in there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you know, Billy the Kid in the back, love him. I think uh, you know, definitely a bright future ahead for him. Um, and then other other than that, you know, the the thing I was happy to see was no injuries. This was hey, no one got injured in preseason, no one got injured in international break, so that was really good. Matip looks really good coming back from injury. We're going to need him to be healthy. Uh, so those are my biggest takeaways so far. Ox, in this Ox season. got injured. That's the only thing I'll say is Ox. Ox got injured. Which sucks. Yeah. I think he's out for another four weeks. But oh uh, well, Ox and Shakiri. You know, I I always just assume those guys are always injured at this point. You know, it's just <laughs> their true. their bodies are failing them. And I I love them both as people and as players for our team. But at this point, they're not. They're never available. So I, I just assume that they're not available at all. Yeah. Um, Good assumption. Yeah, but now uh, yeah, moving on from there, you know. I kind of, the whole state of Liverpool FC and the fandom 
is literally making my hair fall out of my head because I, it's getting to the point where I might just have to delete Twitter because it's such a toxic wasteland in there full of just people who don't know what they're talking about. And I know all three of us on this podcast can agree with it. So the one thing I want to start with is Gina Wijnaldum. And, and um, you know, well, homie, I want you to kick us off here because you kind of talked about the domino effect here. So, you know, with Jeannie, he's obviously getting a ton of hate. You either love him or you hate him. There's no happy medium with uh, LFC supporters right now. With Komen going to Barcelona, being consistently linked there uh, as, a, as a potential tra- transfer target with, along with Memphis Depay, which would ul- ultimately open up the door for us to get Tiago and bring him in here. So, now, well, homie, what are your thoughts on all these dominoes lining up for us? Do you think he's ultimately going to leave? And, you know, what's your overall thought on Wijnaldum and how he fits in with this team? So, obviously, look, I think Wijnaldum's been a fantastic servant. Outstanding player, you know. He, you can never, you know, the fact that he's always been fit, he's always been reliable. I think it was yeah. back like three years ago. He was one of got us to Champions League. I think he scored in one of our final games that managed to get us top four. Yeah, Newcastle, uh, yep, I think Newcastle. it was. Yeah. Yep. So he's been like completely outstanding, you know. So obviously, yeah, the times I'm not going to say the times obviously when in certain away games where he's lacks the impact and we struggle. But overall, he's been outstanding. Like he's been one of the key people who won the league. So I don't, I don't get the hate. I get people want Thiago. I get that. You know, I get people. You know, they want to add Thiago because he's world class in the team. But I don't get the disrespect. And I think, I think a lot of people who disrespect him aren't real Liverpool fans or they're no. fans who maybe like started supporting Liverpool two years ago. Because I've not seen any genuine, like I don't know, genuine Liverpool fans or even like you know that are actually saying that. It's normally like these. Um, idiot accounts. Um, that, Anfield the jet, Anfield the edition. Yeah, that, the idiot accounts that, that they're the worst. They they talk rubbish and they just and yeah. I don't get it. Um, so I don't I don't get the hate. Um, how do I say it? I heard that Genie wants. I think the reason why he rejected a contract because he was offered a contract, but the salary yeah. that Liv offered him was not always expected. He was expecting. I think we offered him ninety k. Which is still very low compared to other people, and he wanted more than that, like to be in like the like the hundreds and fifties or something. Um, oh wow! And that's why Liverpool, he, like we just aren't going back to the table with him. Um, so there is no, they haven't had, a, I think, they haven't had t- contract talks for like over six months, from what I've heard. Um, so Ginny's Jeff, Ginny's Jenny, gone. Like there's no doubt about that. You know, the domino effect is basically going to be like. I, I saw a reliable Barcelona journalist saying that uh, a few days back, he was saying that for for for, for Barcelona to get Ginny, they need to sell Suarez and Vidal. Now, Vidal has been, today, talk, said that he's flying in to Italy tomorrow to finish, mm-hmm. to sign. He's agreed the compensation. He's not going to take the final six months of his salary from Barca and he's going to sign for Inter. Suarez is a bit more complicated from what I've heard because of um, he has to get Italian national like citizenship, and that's quite hard. Yeah. Um, and also, Atletico Madrid apparently today just offered him more salary, more money. Um, but he's his priority is to go Juventus. But it doesn't really matter where he goes, as long as he goes. Um, and then that should free up at least around four hundred k for Barcelona in wages, which should allow them to then, especially Vidal, that should allow them once he's gone, they could be bid for Ginny. Um, and because there's, I think the thing with it is there's been this whole kind of like thing of like um, you know Barca a lot of the Barca board wanted Thiago 
the thing is, Kuman wants Ginny. Ginny. He's not, yeah. not budging from that, and he's been adamant. He wants. He doesn't want Thiago. He wants Ginny. And then obviously, it came out yesterday from like a big Barcelona. Not yesterday, the day before, or a big Barcelona reporter <coughs> who's really reliable for Barcelona that said Thiago is not going Barcelona. He does. He has no interest there, and that kind of killed Barcelona because a lot of their fans and the board can't go for Thiago now because he's no interest in going there, which which made sense because he'd be going backwards. Um, so I definitely feel that Ginny, once Vidal's done tomorrow, Ginny's gone. And um, the only thing is, is Barcelona can't lowball us anymore because like the offers of 12, 15 minutes a joke. Um, and we wouldn't sell for less than 20 million. So now Thiago won't go Barcelona. They're going to have to pay what we want. So I think once that's it, I think it'll probably be like 15 million with add-ons. Um, and once that's done, then, because I think most of, what I've heard from Liber Barca journals and a few Dutch journals that I, I read in is that Ginny's already agreed terms with them, everything. So just, it's just the fee. Really? Um, it's just the fee. Like he's, he's already been turned by, because Koeman told him not to go back to the, to the table, sign your contract. Um, um, he's already been turned. So once it's just, just agree the fee with Liverpool and then he's gone. And then that will then, because we already agreed t- terms with Thiago and then that just kicks up with Thiago. And that, so we're just waiting for that domino effect, you know. Because since Vidal Suarez go, they'll go for Ginny, we'll go for Thiago, and then I think Bergovic will go buy him and replace Thiago, and that's the, that would be the domino effect. Um, but it's just that's what it is, and I think people are going crazy because they're thinking that we're not doing anything, but it's to do with the foreign quota. We have right. 17 foreign players, and that's the limit. Finally, somebody had to say it. And people keep going on about it. It's not the money. That's why Melissa Reddy said a few weeks back. It's not about the money in terms of the fee or the salary. It's it's the 17 players. If we were to buy another Ginny, everyone knows that we need to sell one of the other foreign players and then we'll we'll get... The valuation would hugely decrease and it would undercut us. So we wouldn't be able to sell Grooch for 20 million. They would know, look, you, you you need to sell Grooch because you can't register him. They'll be like, well, we'll give you 10 million. Then you just lose his valuation. So right. we can't do that. And then all the people saying, oh, well, why don't you just don't register the player? Well, if you don't register a player, it means you're paying wages for a player you can't play. And then you just you destroy his valuation. So it's not as simple as that. But so we have to sell one of these one foreign player. And it doesn't have to be Ginny. It could have been Carrius, Origi, any of yeah. yeah, it could be any of them. We just have to sell one foreign player to then bring in Thiago. And that's why... That's the that's been the issue, but a lot of Liverpool fans just want to go on the whole hate FSG. They don't, yeah. they're not backing Klopp, but they don't want to listen. Hate Genie. Well, I just don't, I just don't understand why we're not hearing much about the sales of like Marco Grujic or I mean, I haven't really heard much about Divac Origi since the last time we got we had an episode. Shakiri's kind of the same thing, and I know just following you, Wahomi, you've kind of tweeted a little bit here and there about each one of those players, but it just hasn't been as much in volume as like the Tiagos, obviously because of the quality of the player. But um, in terms of Liverpool supporters, I would have expected to see um, more news about, you know, Harry Wilson, which we're starting to see now. Actually, I started to see a few more tweets on, on today's timeline, but I guess I'm just surprised like Marco Grujic, how, how has he not moved yet? I mean, her I think it's valuation. Is it? Yeah. So we value it what? 20 million. And they, they value it at 10. Yeah. I think, I think that's been the issue. Like a lot of teams, there's, gen- there's definitely interest in a lot of these players, but I think it's just like a lot of teams don't want to pay that. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to... 
and that's why there is this issue. So, um, I mean, I heard from someone that Leeds are going to go for Wilson after the after the Leeds game that he's going to move there, but but I heard, I heard 15 million was the fee that Leeds think they're going to get for 15 million. I don't really care right now. I'll take it 15 million just to get rid of Wilson. To be honest, well, I also um, just I also just heard today that Leeds are linked with uh, Julian Draxler. So that was a fun, that's a joke. That has to be a joke, right? <laughs> so I think I think the thing with Gorich is the fact that yeah, no one's the same with Rigi. No one's Villa did bid for Rigi, but he doesn't want to go. He didn't want to go Villa. I think they bid like 50 million, which was a joke when you consider they just spent 33 million for a championship striker. Who's... But yeah, he didn't want to go He didn't want to go there. So I think that's the issue we're having is the fact that mm. no one's bid for these players based on evaluations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, and I, but I also think too that it's got, again, I think, especially guys with Grujic, it, it's the same category as. Um, you know, like when all of them leaving, I think they're, it's it's a domino thing because everyone knows that we're in for Tiago. Everyone knows that we want to bring him in. So everyone's just going to, you know, wait to see what happens because, you know, like, like you know, like what Homie said, like once we sell one all them, then no problem. Tiago will probably be right, right around the corner. And then at that point, we don't really have any negative, like we don't really have anyone that we're, you know, 100% linked to coming in. And I think at that point, that's when we're going to have a little bit more flexibility on the Gruyich fee, the Harry Wilson fee, all that stuff. That once we get Tiago in, then, then at that point, I think it's going to become a little bit more, we're going to start seeing things just happen like that. I think we just need that first piece to fall. And then when money starts kind of, you know, moving around, that's when we're going to start seeing all this stuff happen. So, Definitely going to be interesting there, but uh, you know, on the bread of note, let's let's talk about Tiago because it seems like I keep seeing the same report regurgitated just with different words. Um, it's just saying he has personal uh, a personal agreement with Liverpool already. It's just between the two clubs to get it. The, you know, uh, Bayern Munich's looking for somewhere around twenty seven to thirty million. You know, uh, Liverpool only wants wants to offer somewhere from twenty to like twenty three or twenty four million. So. Ultimately, I think he's going to get in. Um, you know, when you when you look at Barcelona, he's already ruled that out. And you know, there has been links to United, but it just doesn't make sense for him to go there now that they assigned you know, um, you know, Van de Beek. You know, they're starting three midfielders. They, they, set, they talked to him because it is, it is true. United did speak to his agent, Thiago's agent. They didn't speak to Bayern Munich. They spoke to the agent, and they were told the same thing as every other club's been told. He's not interested. He only wants Liverpool. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't matter what. Man United, Barcelona, and his teams. He's not interested in going there. He's been turned by Klopp, and he wants to play for Klopp. The only issue is obviously for us just to um, agree with Thiago, um, or agree with Bayern Munich. But I think I, I think... hope, uh, yeah, I hope that's a, I hope that's more of a relief than anything. Just because I remember <laughs> saying that with Timo Werner, and uh, you know, I was saying I was preaching that for a solid four month period, and it ended up biting me in the ass. So I hope with Thiago, it's true. <laughs> Well, well, the thing the thing is with with you know with uh, with Werner again, it, it was not the fact that he didn't want to come here. It, it seems like everything that I've seen from yeah. Liverpool's um, everything goes, hey, like, can't do we, it. we told him we wanted him. We told him we're going to get you. It's just we have we don't know when we're going to get the funds available for you, and he just didn't want to yeah, wait. That's right? it. That's kind and, of how I feel. And, and also because yeah. the year before, Bayern told him to wait. Bayern, yeah, and then he got hurt because Bayern didn't come in, come in for him. So he, he wasn't willing to wait another year for us to then come. So 
as much as we were his preferred choice. Because I keep seeing like Chelsea fans, United fans saying, oh, you lost out to Werner to Chelsea. We didn't. We didn't bid for him. We showed interest. Yeah. As soon as COVID hit, we weren't willing to pay 50 million. And then as soon as African changed to 2022, it was like, well, we don't need to spend 50 million on a player. Who's going to sit the bench? That's going to sit on the bench. So yeah. that's why we didn't lose out to him. We, if we wanted Werner, I wouldn't pay 50 million. He would have been a Liverpool player right now, not Chelsea. Simple as that. Yeah, very simple. No, I, I completely agree. I completely but, agree. That's but... why I think the Chargers thing is completely different because, you know, this is just all about, it's not about money. This is about the foreign quota. I also think too, uh, not to kind of turn, you know, steer away from Tiago, but like, I think that if Klopp makes the decision to go to a four-two-three-one, I think it's even going to bring out even better stuff in Gini Wijnaldum because, in my opinion, you know, you have Fabinho and Henderson as your starting two in the pivot, and then I would have Gini be the be the guy off the bench for one of those two because that kind of eliminates the problem that everyone has with him that he can't make a forward pass. This way, he literally just either has to just give it to Kaita in, in front of him or just pass it to Trent on the wing and literally can't make a wrong decision. So I think that would actually help that. And then, you know, a guy like Kaita would get more minutes. Minamino would get more minutes. And even, you know, if Shakiri can get healthy, he'd get more minutes that way. Um, then, but if you bring in Tiago, then that's where your flexibility just goes absolutely crazy. You can play him in that, no, that number 10 role in the four, two, three, one, or you can play a four, three, three. He can play any spot in the midfield. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does come I, in. I'm, I'm 90%. What's going to happen? I'll, I'll put my I'll put my What'd next slide on 90% now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but going from there, um, you know, the next thing I want to talk about, you know, we kind of, we did talk about some of the you know potential outgoings here. It seems like Shakiri is, is pretty much set to stay. Um, I, I saw a couple of reports here that you know the Liverpool is very comfortable keeping him. You know, they would still ultimately like to get rid of him, but if an offer doesn't come in, you know, they're cool with keeping him around. And again, you know, it just goes back to the whole availability thing for me. If he can be available, then I absolutely love having him on the bench. But, you know, again, if he gets injured, maybe it's going to give Curtis Jones a few more minutes, maybe even, um, you know, Harvey Elliott might get a chance in some of these cup games and stuff like that. But, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Shakiri potentially staying is he, is he on a five-year contract that he signed two years ago? Yes, I think it's, I'm just looking now. Well, Google says Google says that his contract runs out in 2023. Yeah, so I, I, I'm so surprised by that, just with his with his injury record. But I mean, he's what 28 years old now. I I think it's great that we can keep him. I hope that we do keep him, but I just hope that at the same time that those injury issues are somewhat uh, are put to bed because he's just not reliable at all. You know, it's always great when he comes back and he's in training, but. It seems like he's in training for a day or two, and then he's on the bench again. Or not even on the bench. He's in he's in the stands watching and watching from the stands. So, I don't know. At this point, I mean, I've always loved Shakiri. I think that we should just take some money for him, whether it's you know fifteen million or whatever. Is just I think our valuation's a little too high for him, just given his injury record, and clubs are noticing that, and that's why we haven't seen many many offers at this point. Yeah, I I. I'm happy to keep Shakiri around because I think he'd be useful in FA Cup and League Cup games, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he yeah. definitely is, but he's always injured. He's very unreliable. He's like another Daniel Sturridge, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the only obviously downside. Um, but I don't, I, don't, I don't see anyone paying. I think we missed the trick right. in, in January when we should have sold him then. Yes, I agree. Yep. I agree. Um, 100% agree. But I don't, I don't see anyone bidding for him, to be honest. 
um, this summer. So I think he'll stay. And, you know, maybe he can come on in games like he's done this year. And he is fit and he can get a goal or assist um, and it gives us extra rotation. So I've got a problem with him staying, to be honest. I think, I think he needs to lose weight. I think that I mean, muscle weight, not you know, not fat. I think he needs to lose muscle weight. I think he's he's too heavy. His his body, you know, he is getting older, and you know, at the age of twenty eight, that's when you start to really notice that your body's getting older. So I think that he needs to go on a new um, maybe diet or, or workout plan or something. He needs to cut the muscle a little bit. He really does. Like those calves are just too big. <laughs> They're way too big. Yeah, we completely agree. I mean, that, that's the issue with Shakiri, But I think, you know, uh, Divock Origi, in my opinion, is another interesting one, too. Because, obviously, he's kind of like a, you know, a cult hero for us. Scored a lot of big goals. But, I mean, especially when you look at everything he did last year, or should I say the lack of what he did last year. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn because we have a guy like Brewster showing that he can go out and score goals. You know, maybe you keep him around, but... You know, again, if we move to this four-two-three-one, I think that's going to allow Divock to play in his more natural roles, just as the high nine. And I think if we go to a four-two-three-one, he could actually be pretty valuable as the guy coming off the bench for Firmino because we can kind of hide him a little bit more with the ten sitting higher up. You know, Origi could really just do his job of being in a good position to poach. You know, that that's what he can do: get the get the ball in a good position to get a shot off. And have a guy, you know, behind him really working his tail off, whether that's Minamino, Kaita, even Firmino, if he drops in more. Because um, I, I hate playing him out wide, and I hate playing him, um, you know, up top when we play a four-three-three, and there's that huge gap between him and the, you know, the attacking yeah. mid. So, what are your guys' thoughts on Origi? Do you think he's going to stick around, especially with Brewster still here? Like, it's it's a really interesting talking point. Yeah, I, I mean, I like everything you just said about, especially with the four-two-three-one. I mean, especially in the game against Blackpool, I noticed that we changed formations. Um, Salah was playing up top as the one. Bobby dropped back into the three. Mane moved to the right, and Minamino was on the left. I think. So I really mm-hmm. like seeing Bobby as like that middle uh, part of the three, right behind the striker. Um, I think that's a devastating attack, and I think that does make sense for Origi as well. But at that point, I just think he's he's extra. You know, I, I don't think he's actually mm-hmm. necessary. I think that we could fit Salah there, we could put Mane there, we could put Brewster there, we could keep Bobby there. You know, there's a lot of different things we could do, especially with the with the quality that I'm starting to see with Minamino. I think that we should. I think we should have sold Origi last summer after the the Champions League final. Um, clearly, yep. I don't. I don't. I didn't see much improvement from him this year. Yes, he was more so on the ring. So maybe if he does stick around, he will perform better in that middle slot. But um, I, I just. I would love to keep Brewster. I know reports came out today saying that we might sell him with potential buyback option, which I think is absolute bullshit because this kid needs to develop under Klopp. He's developed under Salah, Firmino, Mane, and all these guys. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I want him to stick around, and I could, I could see him playing that striker role, that poaching role. Uh, That's uh, just my uh, opinion. Uh, yeah. I'll play devil's advocate. So, um, I'll get to the pieces of it in a minute. But with um, Origi, I, I don't see him being anyone motivated this year at all than he was last year. Um, I know he scored against Blackpool, but... I don't. I don't see even if you play in that nine position that he's going to have that motivation uh, this year. Yeah, he uh, wants to start. Yeah, he wants to start. He needs more playing time. He really does. 
So, but I think he will stay. Not because of we want him to stay, because we can't. No one's no one's willing to pay twenty five million for him, and Liverpool don't want to sell him yeah. for less than less than that. Because otherwise, they you know if like I said, if that if if that Villa striker that Villa bought from the Championship, if he's worth thirty three million and ons, then Origi should be worth twenty five million. Right, agreed. No so, question. But the thing is, no one's yeah. willing to pay the twenty five million for him, so we can't. We look stupid. We went around and sold Rigi for like twenty million or ten, fifteen million, because then it's like we've totally undercut ourselves. So I think we're COVID screwed us. So he'll stay around. I think he's still got at least three years left in his contract, Rigi. So yeah. we can sell him next summer. Like stay around, and then people, someone will buy him next summer. So yeah. um, you know, and he'll be used for FA Cup, League Cup games with Brewster. I know there's been a. I think that 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 link came from the Sun apparently. So. It came oh, from screw the, them! Then. It, came from the, it came from the filth. <laughs> Very apparently. unreliable. I saw someone say it came from the filth. So if it's from them, even if it's Sky Sports, Sky Sports unreliable. They chat. They talk not nonsense. You know, they never. They haven't got anything right since they leaked the VVDs thing, like back in 2017. So, yeah. you know, I don't. I don't pay attention to them. But what I will say is, Real Madrid and Barcelona historically have been highly successful in. Selling the young players with a buyback clause and bringing them back. They did it with David Alba, did it at Barcelona, sold him, then brought him back for a cheap price. You can also remember like Sam Leto, he was he was on a he's Madrid sold him, but they were stupid, they never bought him back. But Barcelona bought him. Um, so I get people saying that the whole thing about Brewster. I think why is a talented player? How much game time is he really, really going to get this season? I don't really see him playing that much in Premiership. To be honest, maybe he might come off the bench a few times. So I think realistically, it's FA Cup, League Cup games. I don't think it's the worst if, you know, if we sold him with a buyback clause that was cheap, where he was guaranteed to get game time, we brought him back. Um, because like I said, we've seen it with, remember doing Barcelona, the kings of this. They did it so yeah. many different players. They, another club developed their player, turned them to a star, and they bought them back for a cheap price. You know, even like, Although Def De Leffolo wasn't didn't work out, Barcelona did the same thing with Everton. They sold him with a with a short buyback clause. So if he did well, they'd have brought him back, but he was never really that good enough. Everton. Right. So I don't think it's, it's as bad as people make out to be. Um I get people wanting to stay, but I'm just doubting that Bruce is going to get that much game time. And plus hypothetically this way, if selling Bruce for, I know I hate the sell to buy two, but if hypothetically, if selling Bruce for twenty million Salah, I would take it because hundred percent. You got you got a buyback clause. There's no reason we're selling Brewster for good. It's going to be a cheap buyback clause, like twenty million or twenty five million back. So if that was the case, we sold Brewster for twenty five million, but then we guaranteed to get Sar. I'd take it because do we want? Are we really going to be honest and say, look, if we're in a big match and we're looking to the bench, are we really saying that in a big match, where it's a title contender match, that we're looking to Brewster to come and score, and actually he's going to be the one that's going to come and score? I don't think he's ready for that. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. He's not ready for that. But then also, even I'll go one step further. What if Mane or Salah get injured, right? and and they see it and they miss a a month? Who are you going to start on the wing that you're comfortable with for a month? That's a, that, we don't have any. Like if we were to get, if we just sold Brewster, we got Salah because I think we could. I think we could negotiate. The later it goes in the window, I think we could get what Watford to negotiate lower for like thirty million. Um, yeah, I think that Brewster 
would allow us that twenty million from him would allow us to then get get Sar, and then he would be the person you that you'd have as a backup if, if one of Mane or Salah got injured. Yep, I love it. I mean, I I, I think that's great, and I, I'm not I'm not scared of the buyback clause either. I mean, if we sign with the buyback clause, and then then great. Yeah. But yeah, I think I I would much rather have a guy like Sar who I know is gonna. In a close game, we can go to him, you know, to go get a goal. Or, like I said, if somebody gets injured on the wing, he can go in and fill that role on either side. So, 100%. I completely agree with you. So, we'll see. I don't know. I don't, but I don't think he will go. I think that because Klopp was saying like a couple of weeks back, he's he sees Brewster. He wants to keep Brewster. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see him. I think that's the last result. I don't see it. I don't see him being sold. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably mm. dependent on what, what happens with Divac Origi. You know, if Origi goes, I think you kind of have to keep Brewster, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah it should be interesting, but places. yeah, but uh, we'll close things out with a preview of the game this, this weekend. Opening, you know, opening game, our first game as defending champions, uh, going up against against Leeds, one of the biggest clubs in England, finally back in the Premier League. You know, we got Klopp versus Bielsa. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you start us off. You know, what are some of the things that you're going to be looking at in this game, and you know, what should everyone be keeping an eye out for? Well, I have been watching the uh, the Amazon documentary about Leeds United. What does it take me home? Uh, oh, that's that's cool. Who uh, who showed you that? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Stephen. It was it was you who showed me that. <laughs> ah, that's right. <laughs> but I am so impressed by Marcel Bielsa. I mean, the the way he transformed that side. I mean, this guy's an absolute coaching icon. You know, I've heard stories that. Pep has, you know, emulated his game or his his strategies to Bielsa's his his strategies and heard similar things about Klopp, but he does remind me a lot of Klopp just because he demands so much of his players and he can take a team that doesn't actually have, you know, the highest checkbook like Manchester City or, or the greatest checkbook as Manchester City or United or those types of clubs and he gets a lot out of his players. So I'm I'm very curious to see how how Leeds impact the Prem. I'm curious to see how Bielsa impacts the Premier League. But this game in particular, I think I would have rather played any other Premier League team than Leeds because I think this could be a trap game for Liverpool. Like I said earlier, the press that they have is extremely effective, and I just hope our players are ready for it. You know, we are playing at Anfield, but there's no fans there, so we don't have that atmosphere. Um, we're still defending our title, like I said, but we've been sloppy. We've been sloppy in, in preseason. So we just need to be ready for it. We need to be up for it. You know, a lot of our players went away for international break. So I hope they're back and ready and fit. No coronavirus issues, but we need to be ready. Yeah, I agree with that. I do, I do feel it's going to be a hard game, especially with no, no crowds. Yeah. Um, I do think we, we have been playing that well. Since that, since lockdown started, we haven't been playing that well, to be honest. And like, as you we were saying before, there's been a lot of poor performances from certain players that need to step up. Um, Correct. So, I think it's, it's not the ideal game, and I think even our start is is a hard one. Um, and that's why, for me, I felt like obviously I don't want to go on about him, but I think like if we all worked for Chicago, he would allow us to have a tempo, actually control right. games. Yeah, no Henderson why, either. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think he was so crucial. Um, but forget him. Going on with that Leeds game, I think Minamino has to start. And I think Cage has to start. I think it's unfair because they them two being like the two standout players for preseason, they should be starting. 
So it shouldn't be the case of resulting back to, I don't know, Fabinho, I don't know, Milner, one of those kind of fields. Should, they should be starting. We should stay with the four, the new formation. And Kate and Minamina should be starting that game because they've been the ones that have created the creativity and allowed yeah. us to actually win games and actually, actually play good football. So that's that my feeling they should be supposed to start in. So you're looking, so you're thinking probably like the the four two three one we've been kind of running yeah. out with, uh, you know, Firmino as the six and then Kaita as more box to yeah, box. Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what okay. I, I definitely feel it, um, which we're saying with Man in the right, meaning Mean on the left, and play it that way. I think that would have too much leads. That'd be too much for Leeds to handle. I- yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably. I I would I think I'd agree with you. I do think though, if we get to you know Friday, and Wijnaldum hasn't moved yet, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in that game. Um, just again, just knowing how, how Klopp likes it, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Milner in there because he's kind of like a older version of Henderson. Um, but I'll I agree. I, mean, I would love to see the Kaita and Minamino. I would be disappointed in that too. Especially because I feel I feel like the biggest thing about our preseason performances so far has been the lack of Jordan Henderson. And again, we've also have haven't had Trent in any of these games either, and that's that's a big thing as well. But you can just tell that there's something missing in the midfield when Henderson's not playing. And it seems like the only time in preseason when everything seemed normal or better than normal was when Minamino and Kaita were in the midfield together. Um, so I, I 100% agree. That's kind of what I'm looking for in the midfield. And I think otherwise it'd be kind of what we expect for the lineup. But when it comes to the game, you know, Andrew, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, probably the worst team that you could ask to play other than like a, yeah. a top six team or something like that. Uh, these guys are going to come out motivated. Be, the Bielsa press is a real thing. So especially in the back, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes passing in the back, um, especially early on in the season and past season. So I want to make sure that's tight. And I mean, look, look how we started last year. Other than the opening game against Norwich, we blew them out. We, we were winning every single game two to one. And it's going to be a tight game. No one's going to want to make a mistake the first game of the season. And it's literally going to – I think it's going to be one of those games that's just going to come down to – I hate to use this analogy, but it's like, you know, the ball – like wh- wherever way the ball bounces this game, it's going to come down to one of those. It's going to be a nail-biter. It's going to be a, a have a, as much emotion as it can with no fans in there. But, yeah, it's going to be I, – I do not like these opening three fixtures that we got. Yeah, it'll definitely be a test. I, I think this game, I, I think Klopp's going to go with his typical 4-3-3 formation. I think he's going to go normal front three with Salah, Firmino, and, and Mane. And he's, he's just going to play it safe. I I do think it's, we're going to see Keita in there in the midfield. He definitely has earned it. I think we'll see Fabinho, obviously. And I, I actually agree with Steven. I think we're going to see Genie. Um, if he's available, um, I think he'll he'll start the match. But yeah, I think it's going to be Genie or yeah, Milner yeah. starting in that third spot, and, and here's why. And I, I think because if it's a close game, you know, in the 60th minute to 70th minute, if you start Kaita and Minamino, there's really no one that you can bring on. I mean, maybe Curtis Jones that would really elevate your midfield. So I think having the safety blanket of having one of those guys in case it is a zero zero game or, you know, God forbid we're, we're behind. We have somebody that can step on with fresh legs. who's going to be really dangerous. Yeah. What do we got for score predictions? Well, homie, you want um, to kick us off? I'm going for a hard 14 to win. 
two four nil. two. Oh, two nil. Yeah. Oh, two nil. Okay, nice. Who are your goal scorers? Um, first goal. I think Manu score. And I think uh, Bobby gets a goal. So I was gonna say Bobby too, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I I I really just want to see a Bobby late goal celebration ripping the jersey <laughs> off. You know, show me those tats, baby. Uh, I think it's gonna be one nothing Liverpool. Bobby scores in like the eighty third minute, something like that. I'm gonna say three to one Liverpool. Van Dyke is gonna score the first one. Mane is gonna score the second, and Minamino is gonna get the third. Well, either way, we all got Liverpool coming out with a W, so let's hope we start off with the three points. Um, you know, I think we're going to wrap it here. You know, tune in, you know, the Sunday after the game. We're going to be dropping our post-game, interview, uh, post-game reaction, you know, as always with Mahomi and Andrew. Uh, any last words for these guys before we let them go? Uh, hopefully we get some good news on the transfer front by Friday. See, I, I cannot yeah. wait for the transfer window to be over, and I can't wait to watch us defend our title. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Up the Reds. We'll see you this weekend. Take yeah. care, everyone. See you, boys.